Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka The Thyroid Fixer. Also, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health-related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. Remember, I fix your thyroid, I fix your hormones, I fix your life. So let's get started. We're going to talk about a couple different things today on the podcast and kind of blend it all together. And these are, you know, some can be a little bit of a touchy subject. And the other subject is going to challenge you to really think and be honest with yourself a little bit. So first of all, we're going to talk about fat shaming by your doctor. Yes, it's a real thing because I've heard you, I've listened to you, you've told me that this is a real thing. Now, it might come in the form of medical gaslighting, which is a real term. That is where you know that something is wrong and you go to your doctor and you say, hey, doc, X, Y, Z, I, I feel like garbage. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I can't lose weight. What is going on? And they look at you and look at your labs and say, everything is normal. You're fine. Here's an antidepressant. Or why not you just eat less and exercise more? So herein comes the fat shaming. I have heard from many of you that you have been told by your doctor, well, if you just lost weight, everything would be better. You know, I really think that you, you need to start tracking your food and you need to just eat less. And why don't you just, you know, start working out or, or exercise a little more, get to the gym, buy a Peloton. And this really is a form of fat shaming because guess what? It's not your fault. Are you sick of hearing me talk about young goose yet? Well, that's too bad because I love them and I have been using them now for years, probably about two or three years. And I can honestly say that my skin looks great. So I go to my plastic surgeon's office to get a little bit of Botox, right? And he says, what are you doing for your skin? Because your skin looks great and I'm 50. It's going to be young goose. You know, I've never had the ability to do those ablative lasers that are supposed to refresh and renew your skin. I just can't do it. I break out. So I love a good product line that is actually going to do something with my skin and help me not age. So whether we're talking about eye cream, finding that perfect eye cream, whether you're finding that perfect collagen boosting cream that smooths out wrinkles, Young Goose has it all. I use pretty much everything in their line, but my favorites are going to be the Care Moisturizer. This has NAD and NAD boosting powers to it, which obviously helps your skin. We love NAD for anti-aging. I use the Hyperbaric Mask at night. I put that on. Oh my gosh, it just renews and replenishes and hydrates my skin. I use the ProCare Serum. This is an anti-aging serum. It's senolytic, meaning it's going to seek out and destroy the bad cells and promote new cell growth. I use the Adaptogenic Cleanser. I use the Amplifying Essence, which really kind of boosts up your skincare. Overall, Bio-C Peptide Spray as a toner. Their entire line is fantastic. If you even start with two to three products, you will notice a difference in your skin. So you're going to go to younggoose.com and you're going to use the code Dr. Amy. This is going to save you 
5% off. Now, is it a ginormous savings? No, but their line is so precise and so grounded in science. This is what they can offer. And, you know, I love the owners too. I think buying from from a family-owned company is so important. And if you met the owners, you would fall in love and want to use their products every single day because you know that their heart and soul is literally behind this line. So younggoose.com, use the code Dr. Amy, you will notice a difference in your skin. Have you ever heard of the baobab fruit? It's really interesting. And it is such an affordable way to increase your antioxidants because this thing is a multi-talented, multivitamin, multi-mineral, one-of-a-kind supplement in powder form that you throw into your shakes. Oh my God, it just pretty much becomes a no-brainer. So this particular Baobab Boost from Trim Healthy Mama, my two favorite ladies on the planet, they introduced me to this amazing antioxidant and I fell in love. I put it in all the time. Every single shake that I have, I put the Baobab powder in. It's citrus and sherbet tasting dried flesh, has five times the fiber of oats, and a higher antioxidant level than any food on the planet. That's eight times that of the superberry acai and more than blueberries and pomegranates combined. So quit eating all the sugar and just use organic baobab fruit pulp. It's that easy. Because Trim Healthy Mama, they put that into a nice powder. Like I said, I just scoop it right out, throw it into my shake. Oh my gosh, it reduces inflammation. It helps with weight loss. And the other really interesting thing about it is it's kind of working as an appetite suppressant. Now, I know it's not touted for that, but when you put it in your shake, especially first thing in the morning, throw that into a nice protein shake, you'll notice that your appetite is definitely curbed. So now I'm thinking of this perfect stack to replace or or supplement those GLPs out there on the market. What if we did Baobab and Metabolism Fixer together? That would be crazy at controlling your appetite. And with the Baobab, you're getting all those antioxidants. It's, it's amazing. And this powder is so affordable. It is so affordable. So you're going to go to store.trimhealthymama.com and look up Baobab. It's B-A-O-B-A-B, Baobab Boost Powder. These ladies have just gone all out with their entire line, but this is one of my favorites because I started using it. And I have to say that I noticed the appetite suppression difference. And then when I dove down the rabbit hole of what else is in it, the antioxidant content, the multi-mineral content, it just becomes a no-brainer. So store.trimhealthymama.com. Look for Baobab powder. Enjoy. Now, listen, if you need to do a little bit of cleanup with your diet, then go ahead and do that. But I know you and I know your pain because I've been there and walked in those shoes. And I know what it feels like to go to doctor after doctor after doctor, praying that one of them would just give you an answer, give you a diagnosis. There are some points in time where you don't even care what that diagnosis is. You don't even care if they tell you that there is something majorly wrong with you because 
you'll take anything at that point. You'll take anything to have an answer as to why you can't lose weight, to have an answer as to why you feel like garbage. So I completely and totally, totally get it. And you should not be fat shamed by your doctor, nor should you accept that as an answer. Now, I was young. I wasn't in this space. We didn't have this kind of information. There weren't even podcasts back then to hear anyone else's story. But now this information is available. And now you can find people who, like myself, can relate to you and can say, listen, I have walked in your shoes. And here's, let me guide you. Let me, since I have walked this path before you, just follow in my footsteps because I will guide you in the right way. I will guide you in the right way to go. So if we go back, listen, how old am I? If we go back 38 years, there was actually a point of time because I was a fat kid. So the fat shaming, maybe you were a fat kid too, may have started all the way back when you were young. And there was a point in time where my friend Beth and I actually did a contest to see which one of us could lose the most weight. Now we were in sixth grade. So we decided to, to eat total cereal. Remember that total cereal and, and track who could lose the most weight. And we would have a contest. I couldn't tell you what the prize was, but that was at such a young age. We knew as little girls that we were chubby and we were overweight and something just wasn't right. And then as we move on, you know, I carried that with me through the years and you guys see me now and, and I am in optimization land. That's why I want all of you to come visit me and live there too, take residence in optimization land. But if you're not there yet, please know that I do understand you because a lot went on behind the scenes of my life and my health that many of you do not know, which is why I'm sharing today. So fat shaming can start as early as your grade school years, obviously carry through high school and college years. And you can even be fat shamed by professionals who are not listening to you and who are literally telling you to eat less and exercise more. Now, for those of you who don't know the rest of my story, it bears telling. When I was getting ready for the NPC Pittsburgh bodybuilding show, and I was doing figure competitions, not big bodybuilding, but figure. And I was eating clean. I was eating chicken. I was eating broccoli. I was going to the gym twice a day. And I, this one particular show, that NPC Pittsburgh, big show, big show. It was a big show. I was gaining weight instead of losing weight, gaining weight. And I, I thought, how could this be? I didn't know what was going on. And that's when I started what all of you have done. I went to my doctor. So I started on that doctor search. Now I actually thought, went back and I thought, what did each doctor say to me? So I have it written down. First doctor. I walked in and that first, first doctor told me, well, you, you just need to eat less and exercise more. I thought, I don't even know how that's possible. I am eating chicken and broccoli. I am going to the gym twice a day. You want me to add in a third? So right there, doctor number one, fat shaming, exercise shaming, eating shaming, whatever you want to call it. Or how about just blowing me off? medical gaslighting, making me feel like I was crazy. That was doctor number one. Doctor number two 
was the, your labs are fine. Everything is normal. Now I would pay money to be able to go back and look at my labs again and look to see what they actually tested. I'm really curious to see if they, and I know, I know the answer, but did they just test TSH? Probably. You're fine. Everything's normal. You're within normal limits, WNL. Did they test a free T3? Probably not. Reverse T3? Definitely not. How about the thyroid antibodies? Probably not. I would love to see what that doctor number two tested. Doctor number three, in and out. That was the fastest visit I've ever, and listen, I mean, I was there 235 appointment there. I was out the door by 245. And that's what I tell you guys about insurance. Insurance-based practices, they got five to seven minutes with you. Can anyone give a shit about your health and your symptoms? And here's a woman coming in that she's, she can't lose weight and she's tired. They're going to blame you. They're going to shame you and blame you. It's going to be your fault because they don't have the time to sit there and look at your labs to say, this is exactly what's going on. This is the pattern that we see. They don't have the time to ask those four important words. How do you feel? Not one of these doctors ever, ever, ever asked me how I felt until I got to my functional doctor. That is why I'm in this space with you. That is why I ask, how do you feel? Because those four important words are the most important words that any practitioner that you are seeking help from can ask you. How do you feel? Doctor number four was, you're just getting older. I was in my 20s. You're just getting older. You know, these things happen. Hormones change. Everything will be fine once you have a baby. Okay, I'll get right on that. Doctor number five, this is the true medical gaslighting. Looked at my labs and said, it's all in your head. How many of you have been told that? It's just all in your head. You just, you have to get used to how you're feeling. Just, it's all in your head. Making you feel like you're crazy for being in tune with your own body is absolutely unacceptable. Doctor number six showed me the BMI chart. Remember those? If you have any kind of muscle, like if you're basically anything except like an amoeba, if you have any kind of muscle, the BMI chart does not apply. It's an archaic way of telling someone that they need to lose weight. Look at your height and here's your weight. Oh, look. There's your BMI. It should be outlawed. It should be every chart should be ripped down out of schools, out of doctor's offices, out of textbooks should not be used because I can show you, I have a presentation that I gave, oh, a long time ago. And I had a picture of my powerlifting coach. My powerlifting coach also used to bodybuild. So I have a picture of him deadlifting like 700 pounds and he is shredded. He is ripped. He could literally go from a powerlifting stage to a bodybuilding stage and win the whole damn thing. His body fat percent had to be like three. And do you know that he was told by his doctor because of his height being around 5'8 and his weight being around 218 that he was morbidly obese. Morbidly obese. That's the power of the BMI chart morbidly obese. And the dude was shredded lowest body fat percent. I've seen in a long time for somebody not actually stepping on a stage, dehydrated and, and carb depleted. Like this dude was lifting 700 pounds, setting records and he was shredded. That's the BMI chart. 
So after that sixth doctor, that's my crying in my car story. That is head down on the steering wheel, crying in my car, praying to God that there was something wrong, that I could have a diagnosis, a name, a pill, because then that would mean that I could be on a path to get better. Because back then I thought, well, a diagnosis and a pill equals improvement, symptom reduction. Yay. And maybe I'm not crazy. And maybe it's not my fault if I actually have a diagnosis. So that was me head down crying. And I know you've been there. It was despair. I mean, I was disciplined. I was doing everything I could do to be healthy, to be fit, to be myself. I just wanted myself back. So all of that fat shaming, all of that medical gaslighting, all of that normal, you're fine, WNL, you're just getting older, learn to live with it. That was all to lead me to the seventh doctor. Seventh doctor. And listen, I would be in a deep depression if I wasn't a type A driver, right? If I didn't keep going, I wouldn't be here with you today. I often think about what if I stopped? What if I believe doctor number two? What if I believe doctor number four? What if I believe doctor number six? Seventh doctor. That was the shift. I got the diagnosis, got the diagnosis and I got the pill. I got that T4 pill that did absolutely nothing. So that's what kicked my ass into research mode. Dr. Google, right? Maybe on a gateway computer back then. Don't know. Wasn't on my phone. We didn't have that capability, but that's what made the shift into leaving the traditional routes. I tried the traditional route. I kept hearing this integrative functional medicine doctor's name over and over and over again. You know what I'm talking about because you hear me in your head over and over again. Kept hearing this doctor's name over and over again. And I went and he changed my life. He diagnosed me with the right diagnosis, did the right tests, the right meds, the right supplements, the right nutrition plan, the right lifestyle changes. That is why I am here with you today. After all of that fat chaining, I kept going. And that's why you have to keep going. You have to recognize when it happens. You have to recognize when it is happening. And you have to make the decision to not leave your destiny in a doctor's hands who is telling you to eat less and exercise more. I empower you daily. I give you hope daily. That is my message to you. That is my mission is to give you hope and an answer and a way. But you have to stand up to these docs that are fat shaming, that are calling you normal, that are calling you fine, within normal limits, not taking their time, blowing you off, making you cry in your car. You have to move away from that. You have to move away from that. So you have to recognize when it's happening and shore yourself up to tell yourself it is not your fault. There is nothing else that you can possibly do in your life and in your health and in your eating to make any more changes than what's already happening. You need somebody to find out the why, find out the why you're not losing, why you feel this way, why you're losing your hair, why you have no energy. You will find the answer, but you do not let anybody gaslight you. You do not let anyone fat shame you, especially a medical professional that's trying to help you. That is why you will hear me over and over again, run, run far, far away from that doctor, fire your doctor. 
And not all doctors are bad. You keep and you love on the ones that are good. And you fire the ones that make you feel like you're shameful, like you're crazy, like you're losing your mind, like it's your fault. Second topic, second topic of the day. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about physical craving versus hunger versus want and habit when we're talking about food. So we're kind of moving from medical to nutrition here. Because I get this question a lot. So I'm kind of putting it all together. So when you're talking about hunger, right, we really have to, and this really ties into the intermittent fasting topic. When we're talking about hunger, intermittent fasting, craving, I want you to really sit with yourself. Like when you are hungry, I want you to ask yourself, do I have that physical feeling of hunger or do I have a craving? Because there is a distinct difference. There's a distinct difference. So when we crave carbohydrates and sugar, usually that is a physiological reaction that's happening in us. And that is tied to insulin resistance. I talk about this all the time. So when we're talking about insulin resistance and craving, what happens when you're insulin resistant, when you're type two diabetic, borderline diabetic, if you have a thyroid problem, you probably have this as well. When you eat, your blood sugar goes up and usually it will go up higher than normal. So you're going to get this big blood sugar spike and where there is a high, there is an equal and opposite low. So you go up and then you go down and now you're going down, 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 way down low. In that low, that is when you are hangry. That is when you will crave carbohydrates and sugar and you will reach for those in order to bring you back up to baseline because your body wants to be in homeostasis. Your body wants to be at that baseline blood sugar because that's where it feels chill. That's where it feels stable. That's where you're not hangry, hungry, tired, lightheaded, hyper craving. You're just chill. And in that baseline blood sugar state, You're also able to tap into your own fat stores for fuel. That's why we like to use blood sugar fixer to balance that out, to balance out those highs and lows, to make it more of a wave-like pattern, just nice little waves floating on the waves, up and down, up and down, not tsunami waves, just nice little gentle waves. That's what we want your blood sugar doing. So when you're in those lows, that's where you're going to get those hangry cravings. And that is a true physiological craving. It's your body telling you, go eat carbs and sugar, bring us back up to baseline. That is a craving. And it also, it is also physical. So that is your hunger, you're, you know, a little bit hungry, growling stomach, your ghrelin hormone is secreted from your fat, ghrelin, growling. That is your hunger hormone. That is a true hunger signal. A craving can also be a signal, a biological signal, but it can also be a habit. So this is where we want to distinguish. So number one, are you actually hungry? So let's say today was a day that you wanted to fast. You wake up and you check yourself. Am I hungry? Do I actually have a physical feeling of hunger? Or did I eat pasta last night and I'm waking up and I am craving because my blood sugar is really low. I'm craving. So if the answer is, no, I am not hungry, then you can go ahead and fast until you reach that sensation of hunger, whether it's 11 a.m., 12 p.m., 2 p.m. When you get that hunger sensation, you check in with yourself. You go, am I really, really hungry where I really need to eat right now or I'm going to pass out? Or is this just, again, just a, a habitual 
craving. I'm, I'm thinking I should eat out of habit. I'm thinking I should eat because I want it. That is habit. That is you eating out of habit, eating out of routine, eating because that's what you've always done. You've always woken up and eaten breakfast. You've always had a big lunch. You've always grabbed a snack. You've always gone to the vending machine. Your grandmother always gave you Lorna Dune cookies and French vanilla ice cream after dinner. That would be mine. So my grand did. That's why I like dessert at night. That's why I like my Netflix snack at night. That's why it's always sugar-based. But now I do keto ice cream instead of Lorna Dunes and French vanilla ice cream. So that is a habit that was created in me that I still follow. I just tweak it a little bit. So it's not a bad habit. So tune into your body. Ask yourself, do I have a physical hunger? Is it a hunger signal? Now, this is going to take time to really tap into your body and tune in and learn it. But when we learn to listen to our own body's signals, we can better biohack our bodies. So is this an actual hunger? If it is, then we eat. We don't necessarily override that. You type A's, you know what I'm talking about. I've talked about this in other intermittent fasting episodes. We do not say, today I decided to do a 24-hour fast. So therefore, no matter how I feel, I'm going to do a 24-hour fast. No. If you have that sensation of hunger and it is strong, then you eat. You do not override that. And fast anyways, you eat. But if you have a habit stirring, if you have a little voice in your head saying, it's 4 p.m., I mean, you always grab a candy bar from Susie because she has them at her desk. You always do that at 4 p.m. You always go down and have coffee and a donut at 4 p.m. so you can stay awake or 2 p.m. or whenever it is. Tune into the physical craving, the physical sensation, the physical signal versus a habit or a want or a desire. Listen, I want to have a brownie. I want to have a whole entire bag of Oreo cookies because that is my jam. (laughs) That is my kryptonite. But I don't crave it. I want it. I'm not hungry for Oreos. I want them. They're not a habit either, but I want them. But I'm not going to have them. I will have a replacement instead that will satisfy my sweet tooth, that will satisfy my hunger, my actual physical growling stomach hunger. And therefore, I will not go for what I want, what I crave. So tune into that. You might need to use some berberine. You might need to use some blood sugar fixer just to balance out those cravings. Because if they're insatiable, you can't even, you, you can't tune into your own body. You can't tune into your own hunger signals. If, if you're on this roller coaster of blood sugar up and down, you're not even going to be able to tune in and override anything. You're, you're literally going to be controlled by your own blood sugar dysregulation. You're going to be controlled by your insulin resistance. You're going to be controlled by your type 2 diabetes. We don't want that. We want you controlling your body. We want you making the decision. Sometimes you need some help. Sometimes it takes a little bit of help. So you might need to add in some blood sugar fix or some berberine to stabilize that if you're having those cravings. But then I really want you, it's like a form of meditation. I want you to tune in, tune in, close your eyes, tune in to your body when you have those hunger signals. 
and say, am I hungry? Cause it's a habit because I always, always eat breakfast. Cause I learned that breakfast was the most important meal of the day. So therefore I always grab a bagel. That's what I've been doing for years. It started at Penn state with, with Irving's bagels. They're the best in the entire world. And I always have a bagel. So is it a habit that you're always, always, always doing and you need to break that habit because you're actually not hungry. It's just a habit. So is it a habit or are you actually hungry? And if you're actually hungry, please don't grab the bagel. It's really processed, really high in gluten, really high in carbohydrates. I don't know anybody who a bagel is good for. Unless you're a 12 year old kid who needs to gain some weight. I don't know, but I probably shouldn't be doing a bagel. Tune into your hunger signals. I want to teach you to learn to listen to your body. It's going to make you a better patient advocate. It's going to make you a better rock star. It's going to make you a better biohacker. And really, we should all tune into our body's signals. All of us. Okay. Medical gaslighting. No. Fat shaming by your doctor. No. Fire. Leave. Run. Far, far away. You've heard my story. I've been there, done that. I understand where you're coming from, but I want you to have hope that you don't have to stay there. Second part, physical hunger versus craving versus want. Tune into that, balance out that blood sugar, really start tuning into your body. I know two different topics in one podcast, but it was worth talking about and it didn't take all of your time, but definitely worth talking about today, right? Definitely worth talking about. All right, as always, leave here with hope, with power, with strength. You got this, you got this. You have the power to change your body. You have the power to change your health. Grasp it, take it in your hands, grasp it and do something with it and do not let anyone else drag you down. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon. 